Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. I hope this finds each of you so very well. I'm speaking to you today from my studio in West Orange, New Jersey. Absolutely delighted to welcome intuitive life coach, and psychic medium, Ann Van Orsdell, who will be speaking to us from the greater Phoenix, Arizona area. She and her husband of 27 years split their time between Arizona and their lake home in Iowa, and they have two adult sons, ages 24 and 22. Ann has been able to connect with spirits since childhood, but she suppressed her abilities due to religious beliefs and self-doubt. Throughout her teens and early 20s, she eagerly sought answers to questions about death and the afterlife. And after more than 20 years in the corporate world as a marketing and advertising executive, Anne felt a strong pull to follow her soul passion. I'm looking forward to chatting with Anne about seances and her personal experience with fully materialized spirit, her personal rebirth, and her work as a professional intuitive coach and mentor, how she combines her skills to benefit others seeking to transform their lives, and what it means when she says that she helps her clients create transformational change in their lives with the highest standards and ethics in every way. I can't tell you all how important that is for me to be transmitting that information to all of you. This is surely going to be a really meaningful and special interview with a really special lady for all of us. Hi, Anne. A really warm and heartfelt welcome to Grief and Rebirth podcast. Thank you so much, Irene. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. It's so wonderful to get to know you and to do this. Yes. And fun, uh, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's start. By having everybody, which is really fascinating, because obviously you have these gifts and you had a childhood and things happened that sowed a lot of self-doubt and held you back a little bit. So could you tell us about your childhood, your ability to connect with spirits since you were very young, and your need to suppress your abilities due to religious beliefs and self-doubt? Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I say to people, you know, I believe now that I've had this ability since I was young, very young, maybe born with it. I don't truly know, but I remember being a young child and I actually had a recurring dream where I felt almost smothered by visitors coming around my bed and just, oh. and, and it, it felt, all I can really describe it as is this kind of a smothering feeling. And at the time, you know, when you're six, seven, eight years old, it's quite scary. So I would end up in my parents' bed and I would tell them about these dreams. And now looking back, I'm certain that it had to have been spirit trying to get my attention, right? And just, they were there to 
guide me, to look out for me. Uh, but to me, it was just, it was overwhelming. So as I grew up, uh, I was raised Catholic. So when we talk about my religious upbringing, I was raised Catholic. So Catholics and, really don't believe in spirituality, do well, they? Well, it's interesting to me. I am certainly not uh, an expert, um, but having gone to Catholic grade school and growing up in that environment, I didn't feel comfortable talking about it. I felt like I needed to refer to the Bible or other things that that was the truth, you know, the, the, the all knowing truth. And so I really kind of suppressed it. So I had an experience actually when I was in my late teens where a neighbor who was very, very uh, involved in the Catholic church and um, her daughter had an experience with automatic writing and she was actually writing words from the Virgin Mary. Wow. It was incredible. And I was privy to this just because my mother and her mother were friends. And so I would hear kind of second and third hand what was happening. At the time, it was pretty hush hush, because we were all part of the Catholic Church. But one thing that happened was, you know, she was tested, I understand she went to the Vatican, you know, to have, you know, to validate her experiences and things that were happening. But in the end, it was really very much orchestrated by the Catholic Church. And for some reason, that just rubbed me the wrong way. I thought, wow, everyone should know about this. So it was kept very quiet, kept within our parish. Um, since then, I think that they released some of these writings. Um, I've read some of them. They're all very loving and beautiful. The messages are from Virgin Mary, from Jesus, and it's all about loving one another. That's the ultimate message, which at the end of the day, that's what mediumship is about. Right. So I struggled with that. And I thought, how can this not be okay? What the mediumship that I was you know, feeling pulled to, but that her automatic writing was okay. So I struggled with that a bit. As I got older, was in college, things of that nature, I, I started to come away from the Catholic church as a structured religion for me. I still like to visit the churches. I love the, the actual um, buildings themselves, the cathedrals, all of that I love. But I didn't find the teachings or, you know, um, really even the Sunday masses, something that was fulfilling for me. So I stepped back from that a little bit and I just kind of sought my own religion. And now I say that I am spiritual. I'm not a spiritualist, but I am spiritual and my religion is love. And that's what I say. Yeah. But I have really to tell you that I had this similar experience. I'm Jewish and I had the similar experience. And when I, um, when I came out with my book, I literally went to a rabbi and I said, there are references to my having a past life in Israel, in ancient Israel and all. He said, I can't talk to you about that. You're a woman. You can only talk. You can only discuss it if you're a man and you're over 40 years old, all this very old fashioned thing. So I also had the same experience. I love my religion. I love attending services and all, but, um, for me also, I kind of stepped away from uh, some of the teachings and all because I feel they're rather controlling and, uh, and have seem to have a little bit of a different agenda. I mean, he didn't even want to look at it. He just, oh yeah. my goodness, right? And yeah. it, well, it helps so many people. Yeah, uh, at, at yeah. same, same with me. I, I, anything that's fear-based, I stay away from I, because there, to me, I have no fear working with spirit. It's right. pure love. It is absolute love. 
Now, were your parents encouraging of it or did they, were they more yeah. in the religious vein saying, don't do that, Anne? Yeah, I kept it fairly quiet. You know, I, um, after, after I had my second son, my second child, uh, this was when, you know, John Edward had his TV show crossing over and James Bond Prague was on television. It started to become, dare I say, mainstream. And I was really pulled in. I was wondering, what is this all about? I would go to my local metaphysical bookstore and had a few readings for the first time. I was in my early 30s. And I thought, okay, what is this? I was fascinated. I came at it from a very scientific angle. I wanted proof. I wanted to understand how could they possibly do this? And, and, and where was this gift coming from? And, and, and how could I discover it? I, I was very fortunate to not have lost anyone close to me at the time. So it was really, truly coming from a place of uh, curiosity, if nothing else. Right. And had a few readings that were really interesting, but no one ever came through for me because I hadn't, didn't really have anyone on the other side, except of course, my grandparents, who I wasn't really that close to in life. So um, I so didn't didn't you invest a, in it. Didn't you have a divinely inspired connection with your deceased grandmother? I did. So that happened next. So I had a couple of these readings. One of them uh, was a gentleman at the bookstore and he said, oh, you're going on a trip. And I said, well, yeah, actually I am overseas. He says, you're going to have quite the experience there. And just breathe through it. And I thought, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Is the plane going to go down? What is happening? Sure enough, I did. I had an experience while going through Hampton Court, which is Henry VIII's castle. And it was so overwhelming. I've always been claustrophobic. So I'm really curious if other mediums are claustrophobic because I can't go in small spaces. And I was in, it was not a small space. It was in this massive area within the castle. And I knew I had been there before. I knew I had been there before and it was so overwhelming. I thought I was going to faint. So I had to run out of the building during a tour, which was quite embarrassing, but I ran out of the building and I had visions at that time. So what he said was gonna to happen to me had never happened before. So I went back and I talked to him and I said, what is this, what's going on? And he said, this is part of your awakening. So that I would, I would count that as absolutely the first memorable, measurable event in my own awakening that happened. A few years after that, you're right. I didn't know my maternal grandmother in life. I was three when she passed. So I just have pictures. And I was driving to work. We lived in Denver, Colorado at the time. I was driving to work and I heard a woman's voice in the car with me. And I heard her say, call me Lizzie. Well, I knew my grandmother as Betty. Everyone called her grandma Betty. I knew that her name was Elizabeth because that's my middle name. But that's about all I knew. So I heard, call me Lizzie. Who is this? Got to my office, called my mom. And I said, did anyone ever call grandma Lizzie? And she said, and, and this is so my mother, <laughs> Sue is her name. She paused and she said, no. Only her best friends. <laughs> that is very much my mother. And I said, well, I think I'm one of her best friends. This is incredible. So I felt like my grandmother was around me. Within a week after that, I'd signed up for a class. I had taken a class with um, a wonderful medium. Her name is Rebecca Rosen. She's in Denver, Colorado. And 
before she was on the Oprah show or before she had any of her fame that she does now, she did classes and I was sitting front and center. I wanted to learn how not so much to connect with the afterlife. That wasn't my ultimate goal, I guess. I wanted to find out how it worked. I wanted, I, I wanted to understand the mechanics of it. And after the class, she came up to me, everyone was leaving and she said, can I have a, a minute with you? And I said, well, sure. And she said, you have a grandmother here and she's telling me that you're gonna be doing this work. I see you standing up in front of a group of people and you're gonna be a healer. And I said, oh no, not interested. <laughs> Thanks for that, but that's not me. I'm, I'm, I'm just here because I'm fascinated by the science of it. And she said, her name's Elizabeth and so is yours. And I said, okay, now you've got my attention. So she told me at the time that I would be doing this work and that my grandmother would be a part of it. So fast forward, now I've got this Lizzie connection and a medium that I trust is telling me that this is something that I'm going to be called to do more of. So I was very, very curious. So I started to talk to my grandmother, I started to meditate. I started to ask her to bring me signs if this is something that I was supposed to be doing. And really just a few, I'd always heard her voice in my ear. I'm still working on my clear audience, clear hearing. That's something that's really opened up for me in the last year to two years. Um, but at the time I was hearing it as if it was my own voice in my head. And that's how I heard Lizzie. And she went so far as to say, I need you to have my locket. Said, wow. A locket. There's a locket. Someone has a locket. So I went to my sisters. There's four of us girls in the family. And I said, does someone have a locket from grandma? And she's telling me it has the name Lizzie inscribed on the back. Nope. Nope. Hadn't seen that. My mom says, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't recall that. My other sister walks in the room. We're all home for a holiday or something. And she walks in the room. She says, oh, I know exactly the locket you're talking about. Went in and got it out of her jewelry box and brought it to me. And I said, I'm supposed to have this. I took it. I still have it with me. I carry it with me everywhere I go. I keep it in my purse. Sometimes I hold it for readings. But I really felt like that was something she wanted me to have in my possession as part of her and to work with absolutely. her. Absolutely. And she was helping, she was adding her vibes to yours. Absolutely. And helping you. So she's led me to things like that. And I've had really unique experiences when I talk with her and when she validates things like that. So it is such a beautiful relationship now. I, I'm definitely closer to her than, you know, I certainly was in life, but I feel closer to her than in her own family sometimes, you know, so that's so that's interesting. And wonderful. That's so yeah. and wonderful because people don't realize that even though you're only three, she's totally around you and she is really in touch with everything that was going on with you. Absolutely. She was very excited on the other side that she could help you to help some other people. I believe that. And I think that she probably had either at least an interest in the afterlife in this, in this world. Um, she has since brought through information, uh, never anything that's a warning or anything like that, but things that my mom can validate. And I think it's beautiful. So that you'd asked me earlier if my parents were supportive. And I think having that experience with my mom's mom helped her to, she kept saying, 
I don't know how you know these things. There's just no explanation for it. I didn't hear it from her. She wasn't aware of the locket at the time. Um, she had never referred to her mother as Lizzie, not ever, not once. Um, so there were things that she said, you just can't deny. And remember, she had had this experience with a neighbor's daughter who did the automatic writing. So she, she believed and does, of course, she believes now she's just so supportive in my work. My dad was probably less supportive, uh, but I have a beautiful story about how before he passed, um, he came uh, in believing fully in this work. So if you'd like me to share that, Please I'm happy do, to. Because I yeah. need to tell you, before you tell your dad's story, from my own life, when all of this started happening to me, I started telling my own mother about it. My mother passed this last May mm -hmm. and it made such a difference. I exposed her like she was, she was in a gallery and she did different you know, things and she had readings and different people came through and she was a believer. Let's put it this way. She was a believer and she hoped I was right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. She, you know, she, she was, I hope, I hope it's right. And I hope it's good. Well, anyway, my mother, when she was passing, I said to her mom, you're only leaving your body, your, your, you know, human body suit over here. You're going to go to the other side and all. And uh, about two months before my mother passed, I made an appointment with a medium just for fun. I didn't know when my mother was going to pass. And um, for myself, just to get a little lift, and my mother passed about four o'clock in the afternoon on May 5th. I happened to have a reading with this medium at 5.30 in the afternoon that day, just coincidentally. And we were supposed to talk at 10.30 in the morning. How coincidental that the medium suddenly said to me, I can't talk to you at 10.30, it's 5.30, okay. Something's come up. Well, my mother came through like gangbusters an hour and a half after she passed. And what she said was, yay, I made it. Oh. And it was so cute. And there was all kinds of exper experiential evidence and all that. And a description of my grandfather who brought her to the other side and the whole thing. So now you can tell us your story about your dad. But it's such what I tell people all the time is this knowing makes it so much better when we lose our when our loved ones transition because it's not as final I know I'm going to see my mother again I know my mother is around me and when everybody was crying at her funeral I had a sense of peace because I had already heard from her and she was happy and she was fine yeah that's great I feel the same way and I because I hadn't lost someone close to me I I, I almost felt, uh, you know, how dare I be the messenger when I haven't really experienced this level of grief, but spirit kept saying to me, this is your path. Just follow it. We're here to help you. So, um, with my dad, so it was, would have been two years ago, two years ago in September, I was fortunate to sit in seance with David Thompson, one of the absolute most amazing physical mediums uh, of our time. And um, it was amazing because I was there in Santa Fe, which is where he was doing this demonstration that week. And prior to going into the room, 
where the demonstration was, the, the seance was taking place, I had such a feeling of nausea that was, I, I thought I was going to pass out. I was so absolutely just engulfed with this feeling. And a fellow medium said to me, don't worry, that's actually a really good sign. That's the spirit world getting your attention. And I've since learned that that absolutely is one of the things that happens, especially for me when I'm sitting in the presence of physical mediums, there's a physical reaction. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. I now know that, oh, wow, something amazing is about to happen. Even though you feel nauseous, something amazing. You feel nauseous. <laughs> and it's because they are impacting our energetic vibration. And it happens, it could happen to non-mediums. I don't really know, but I do know for me, it can come on pretty strongly. So I was seated. They tell you where to sit in the, in the room for the seance. And I was seated. And uh, after we, there's usually music that's sung that raises the vibration. Um, the spirit helpers of that physical medium will come and speak. Uh, they'll usually speak through a voice box that is created uh, through ectoplasm. So if you want to read up on that, uh, it's very interesting. And it's, it's something that actually comes from the human body, comes from the pancreas. And the spirit world can manipulate this in those physical mediums who have studied, in David Thompson's case, in every physical medium I know, they have sat for decades. This is something that takes a lifetime to develop. And, uh, and same in David's case. So it was such a beautiful experience. And the spirit team member said, I have a man here named Edmund, and he'd like to come through and speak with his niece. And I thought to myself, I have an uncle Ed. We never called him Edmund, but we called him Ed or Eddie. So I hesitated and I waited for surely someone else in the group had an uncle Ed or Edward or Edmund, right? No one said anything. The spirit said it louder. The niece is here in the room. Please speak up. And I said, I have an uncle Ed. And they said, okay, speak louder. Let him hear your voice. And sure enough, it was my uncle Ed. His voice came into the room very loudly. It moved from one side of the room, which would be, I guess you could say near the medium to right in front of me. I was sitting about center of the room of the, of the circle and the vibration. I will tell you the feeling of this spirit coming into our space was, first of all, it was not human. It was not a human feeling. It was so far beyond that. And it was so deeply felt by everyone in the room. That's the thing with physical mediumship. Everyone in the space, in the seance room, hears and senses and feels the same things because it's happening very objectively, right, right there in front of you. So it was my uncle. He spoke about me and he said, I'm trying to get a hold of my brother, Larry, which is my dad. And I said, what on earth are you trying to do? And he said, he's not listening to me. I'm trying to get his attention and he's not listening to me. And he said, I know you can help me. So that's why he came. And he said, I need to talk with my brother, Larry. So we, we said a few things, you know, he reminded me of a funny story that happened when they were kids. And I had to validate that later with my mom, but sure enough, 
I was able to validate it. He reminded me of some things that we did uh, with our families. He said, you know, please give my love to everyone. You know who they are. And, and he says, now I have to go. Uh, they're calling me back. And I was overcome, Irene. I can imagine. Wow. So much emotion. I broke down in tears and, and the spirit world, um, David's main, um, some people call him main control or main guide, but they like to be called our spirit friends. Uh, this friend said, are you okay? Are you okay? And I said, yes, I'm, these are happy tears. I mean, I was overwhelmed. So I knew that my uncle was trying to get my dad's attention and that he was going to use me to do that. Of course. So I, me after the seance was over and there were other beautiful visitations, uh, we call them fully materialized visitations because the spirit world is using that ectoplasm to at times create a physical presence. Uh, for example, not my uncle, but another spirit came through and out of this ectoplasm created a human hand and was touching the head of some people and asking them to describe the hand. And they all described the hand as being much larger than a human hand and warm, you know? So no. they, the spirit world, does this they experiment with us because they too want to prove the existence of life after life and it's a beautiful gesture it's a beautiful compassionate you know um love that's shared between the two worlds so after the seance i called my mother so excited and i said you've got to tell dad and she said i'm not going to tell him you tell him <laughs> So neither of us really said much about it, except for I found out later that she said something very vague, did not use the word seance, but said something about how my uncle, his brother and best friend, they were very, very close in life. He talked every day, how he came through and gave a message to me. Two weeks later, I got a phone call from my dad, which was unusual. My mother would call and I, of course, would call them. My dad rarely picked up the phone and and your mother, was, your mother was, the, was the conduit yes the mother was the conduit so the phone rang and it was my dad and he said you know I want to talk with you about that experience you had and I said yes I'd love to talk about it he said you know I don't really believe in all this and everything but I've had some experiences in my life that I've questioned and now I, I really want to understand and he said the night that this happened he said it was a Sunday night, which it was. And he said, your mom told me about this experience you had. And I had to then fess up because he described then that what had happened was every single night, starting with that night of the seance, which was a Sunday to the night that he called me, it was two weeks, every single night in his dreams, his brother, Ed came to visit. Boy, is Ed persistent. Wow. Is Every single wow. night. He is. Wow. And he said, and Anne, I didn't say anything to anybody because I think I was crazy. And he said, it was real. We talked. We drove in the car, which is what they always did. I could touch him. He could touch me. It, he was as physical as I am here. And he said, and it was real. And he said, can I believe in what you do? And I think that what you do is helping people. And I just want to tell you that, that I believe that you're helping people. I 
started to cry. And that was what I needed from my dad. I needed his acceptance. And so not only was that a beautiful gift for my father to hear from his brother, it was spirit's way of giving back to me. They were right? validating you. Absolutely. Between Absolutely. your grandmother and now your uncle. Wow. And how powerful. So I'm incredible. trying to get your timing because you're yeah. in the corporate world as a marketing yeah. and advertising executive for 20 years. Oh, yeah. And, and then you felt pu- pu- um, pulled to follow this passion. Could you tell us all about that and how this began your transformation and rebirth? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in advertising uh, really my entire career. I started out in broadcast television uh, as a producer and then went into digital media. And I was very, I would say that I was, I was very determined. I was very fortunate. I was an executive level as a senior vice president, had a big responsibility um, over the years. You know, I'd kind of worked my way up, director, vice president, senior vice president. And I would say that my career really defined me. Absolutely. It was, I, I probably put way too much emphasis on my career. I was very focused on it. And spirit kept finding ways to pull me back in. I say to people all the time, I've tried to walk away from mediumship and spirit work for probably 15 years, but they keep pulling me back in. And I believe that it's because there's a higher purpose happening here, right? That's following a soul passion. That has to be. So you set this up somehow. Yeah, I'm sure I did. So about three years ago, I was in Holland and I was studying um, uh, there. I I really, probably my type A personality with my corporate world, I really go in 100% in everything I do. And a big part of my personal journey is um, investing in my own education. So attending the Arthur Finley College on a regular basis, which is in England. Um, I've attended very wonderful classes there by various mediums from mental mediumship uh, to trance mediumship to trance healing. And I was in now in Holland studying trance mediumship, which is a new passion of mine. And define it. Yes, absolutely. Trance mediumship is a form of mental mediumship or what I was talking about before is physical. I am not a physical medium. I'm a mental medium. Um, So I love to sit with those in the presence of physical mediumship because it's truly for me, absolute proof of the afterlife. It validates. Absolute proof, physical mediumship. Mental mediumship still uses the awareness and the frame of reference of the medium. So when spirit is communicating with us, it still goes through what I call our filter. And for example, if they give me something that's highly related to football, I can tell you right now, I'm not going to get it because I don't know anything about football. So they'll find something else. So they'll find a workaround. So mental mediumship uh, is, is just that. And it's what many of us see demonstrated in gallery readings, or sometimes I call them platform readings. Um, Another form of that, or the next extension of that is what we call trance mediumship. Trance is is just another word for allowing the spirit world to step into our vibration, into our auric field. They do not take over our bodies. That doesn't happen. It is them 
really relying on us as a vessel to get across information. And trans mediums will speak the word of their spirit communicator. The spirit communicator can speak through them. They can speak in either the medium's voice or in the spirit communicator's voice. And we see that often. And then from there, it kind of branches out. Then there's direct voice, indirect voice. Uh, people like Leslie Flint, who's one of the most famous pioneers of uh, direct voice and indirect voice, uh, you know, in our in our history. Uh, for those of your members that that want to listen and, and hear about him, Leslie Flint, and and the stories of what happened in his home circles and his demonstrations are truly remarkable. Um, and trance is a part of that. So wow. I recently had in the past three to four years really been pulled to study more uh, trance mediumship. And so I was in Holland and I was going to quit. I was going to walk away from mediumship altogether because my corporate world, you know, my big girl job was just too demanding, too stressful. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it all. And even though I was maybe only doing one or two readings a week, at times I had to stop and not do any for over the course of a year. And I asked spirit and I, I was working through another medium and I was speaking directly to spirit. And it was truly fascinating. Um, the medium who was giving me the message was from Italy, but this particular voice that came through was a British man. So oh. it was lovely to hear the difference. Cool. And he was able to tell me, you're not ready yet. You won't be leaving your current job yet. But in two to three years time, you will be pulled to do this work full time. So I knew. And then really just kind of all came to a head this summer. And I couldn't ignore it any longer. I just felt that if I didn't make a change, that I didn't honor myself and my own happiness and, and um, you know, I was going to get sick. I was going to manifest an illness or something because it was just, it was just too demanding what I was trying to do. So spirit said, it's time. It's time. So that you was literally just, got the message when it was time. I literally got the message when it was time. And it was so wonderful too, Irene and, and your listeners I'm sure can relate to this. Not only did I hear the message, it was over the course of a couple of weeks. It took me a while to actually resign from my you know, to my boss. And what did and you actually, tell them? I'm resigning because I'm going to let spirit come through me? Or did you make up some like, <laughs> little excuse? <laughs> I said, I'm going to follow my soul's passion and I'm going to help people. And when I'm ready, I'll share more about what that is. Um, but I, I just said, I, I, I can't do this any longer. I'm being pulled elsewhere. And of course they tried to get me to stay and well, couldn't you just take a few months off? And I said, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> I really need to cut the cord. And um, so, yeah, that's what I did. That was back in October. Wow. So, yeah. So Wait, not, it, it, October when? October? This was October of 21. 21, and, wow. Yeah. And so I should back up a little bit because of course we had COVID and, and, and everyone was, everybody's lives have been affected by this. Mine had been gravely affected. My father uh, passed of COVID in November of 2020. And, um, you know, just a lot of life changes happened that year. And I just knew, and, and to back up a little bit, I was so grateful that my uncle came through and made that connection for my dad two years ago, because at the time I thought, 
he must be preparing my dad for his transition. I just and thought I, of that. Yeah. That was like, yeah, more than a coincidence. I mean, wow. Yeah. And it was two years later, but it still was him preparing. Absolutely. And um, so that happened. So that was a big year. 2021 was a big year uh, on so many levels. So yeah, this was recent. So I walked away from that and I literally just threw my hands in the air and said, spirit, show me where to go. Show me what I'm supposed to do. And I just heard baby steps, baby steps and take the time to really sit and reflect and put the time into meditation and sitting in circle and sitting for trance and all of the things that I didn't have time for before. Now so have. I've been doing that. Now I have, now I'm making the time to do that. Yeah. Wow. And tell us about your specific, all right. So you're, you're not, are you doing, you're not trans channeling yet, are you? I am doing some sure. trans speaking. Yeah. And it's interesting that you call it channeling. In fact, when I first my first course at the Arthur Finley College in when was it 2017 or 2018 when I took a trance class, I, I raised my hand and I said, now, you know, I'm from the U.S. I was the only U.S. student there that particular week. And I said, how is this different from channeling? I asked the same question and they they all looked really puzzled and they kind of the teachers looked at each other and they said, we don't use that word. And I said, OK. We don't use the word channeling here. This is interesting. And I think it's because um, trance has been what they've called this for. I should really rephrase it. It is considered an altered state of consciousness. Trance is the short term um, phrase that we use, but it's an altered state. It's reaching altered states of awareness and consciousness to be able to bring forward the messages and or healing there is trance speaking that is taught and that is a practice and then there is trance healing and so as a trance medium you can do both if you choose and both are equally fascinating now do you have to do this in person with people around you or can you do this from a distance also it can be done from a distance and we have been i've been studying for the last year from a distance with people from all over the world online on zoom uh and then i recently went to to holland to study in person i love the feeling of doing it in person it can be done online just like a mediumship reading can be but the trance work as well um there's just a different energy in person and so especially someone, for trance. Yeah. So if someone wants to contact you and say, Oh my God, could my father come through and can, and tra right. uh, translate to trans do this by trance. Can you As I can't, to just yeah. providing experiential information? It doesn't work quite that way. I'll tell you. Um, I mean, it, it, it certainly could, but typically with trance mediumship, it is your, Spirit team on the other side that works with you over a lot of time. So like physical mediumship that takes decades to develop, trans mediumship takes probably, you know, it certainly takes years. Um, I, I heard someone say on average, it takes between five and 10 years to just get to the point where you can, you know, be comfortable in doing the trance speaking. So typically, and, and for me as well, when I speak with spirit spirit comes through me and speaks it is a guide for me a spirit friend who has built trust over time 
And the reason it's that particular individual is because as the, our human energy, and even as a medium, it takes a lot of surrender and getting out of the way to allow another, another entity to get into our, our space and our energy and, and make that connection. So what I work on now, I don't do this publicly, I'm still training, but what I work on now along with other students is we work on being aware of who that spirit helper is, understanding their vibration, and then allowing them to speak through us. And most every instance, it is a message of love and compassion. Um, most often it's philosophy, something, you know, really of a higher, greater good for the masses of people. It is typically not individual messages like you would do a reading. But anything is possible, Irene. I'm telling you what the message I received a few weeks ago while I was in um, Holland from the spirit world, which was from a wonderful guide who's been, you know, in the spirit world for over a hundred years, came through and spoke through his medium and said, expect the unexpected. And it is so true. He came through and, and offered to speak through a few of the people in our group, in our class. And he's a native American, very powerful spirit, very loving spirit. And I was literally in tears because he did not choose to speak through me on that particular day. And I don't, I couldn't tell you now what, I mean, I was so emotional about it because I wanted that presence. I wanted to experience that vibration myself and the others that did, it was so beautiful to hear that. But I asked the teacher, I said, why didn't he speak through me? And she said, because he has other plans for you. Wow. And you're right. At the time I thought, I want this so bad. And it just so happened that a week later we had a private one-on-one session scheduled me and my tutor. And she said, he's going to come through at that time. And he did. And he allowed me to feel his energy. And it was like nothing I've ever experienced before. So all in good time, right? All All in good time. So, but in the meantime, right now, if someone wants to come to you, and work with you as a professional intuitive coach and mentor, you can do that, right? So how oh, do you yes. do that? What, what are your gifts and how do you, okay, Ann, I'm screwed up with my career or I've got <laughs> a problem with my husband or I, or I lost someone. How do, you, how do you work with them that way? Well, and, and I have all of that. I have all of those scenarios that you just talked about happen. I like to say intuitive coach because, because of my, years in the corporate world. I get it. I understand those people that are really wanting to, you know, maybe take that leap of faith, start their own business. I've owned my own business twice now. I've, I've been in their shoes. What I know what it feels like to wake up at two in the morning and figure out how you're going to make payroll. I know what that's like. And so I have always been told by spirit that I'm going to combine my corporate executive work with my spiritual work to help others. So when I left my previous job, I said, okay, I know there are people that have an interest. They've reached out to me and expressed an interest in learning how to live more intuitively. And I always say intuition is our greatest superpower, but most people don't know how to tap into it. They don't know how to listen to the signs. They don't know how to feel the shift. 
And so I do have a few regular clients that I work with and, and coaching clients now. You coach them how to do this? Yes, exactly. So you teach them how to tune into their intuition also? I do. I do. For example, I have two women right now that I work with that are both attorneys. And so they're very analytical minded and it's very black and white, but neither of them are fulfilled. And they're trying to figure out that next phase in their corporate life of what they're going to do. One wants to be a chef, maybe ultimately another wants to do something completely different. So we're working through various exercises and tapping into spirit to find that guidance for them. And it is so beautiful to see when they have an epiphany or when they have that spark go off. And so that's, they don't really have an interest in speaking with spirit from the afterlife. Their interest is purely, what am I going to do with this life? And spirit can help with that. So that's tapping into your, your own intuition and your spirit team to make those decisions And it's really beautiful to see. So that's the intuitive coaching side of it. I also coach those that want to get started on their own uh, mediumship or psychic ability path. I use the words intuitive and psychic interchangeably because when I go psychically to someone, so if I were reading you and I would go psychically, that's more of a heart to heart connection Mm -hmm. or I'm reading your energy, right? And even in my mediumship readings, sometimes spirit will shift and they'll give me something psychically. And I, I really always try to say, and that's one of my, one very important aspect of how I work authentically is if I'm getting something psychically, I always tell my clients that, and I'll say, spirit's not particularly giving me this message at this moment, but what I'm getting for you psychically and reading your energy is X, Y, or Z. And then I share the message and then I'll feel that shift in awareness and I'm right back into connecting with spirit. Wow. So most mediums that, that I know, all mediums are psychics, but not all psychics are mediums. So one thing that was very important in my training was how to go from that psychic ability shifting to the mediumistic in one session because it's a very different vibration. Wow. Wow. So let me ask you, you've got a couple, a couple of actual stories, helping people to heal and transform from your over 15 years of facilitating change in people. Would you like to share a few with us? Sure. Sure. Well, I would say one of the first times that I don't even say times, the first time that I came home and said to my husband, this is real. The story is I was with a group of friends. I used to ride horses competitively. And so we would you often- rode horses competitively? That's I a did. whole other interview, I'm sure. That's a whole other interview. <laughs> I rode hunter jumpers and wow. I had two horses. Uh, and my son at one point had a pony and, wow. and we were fortunate to do that together. So it was beautiful. And we had a very close, tight knit group of friends at the stable. And- uh, the owner of the stable would often have people over to her house and it was like, you know, potluck people would come over and early on in my development, they were so intrigued and they would say practice on us, right? It was a fun thing to do. It was a social thing. It felt safe because these people I knew pretty well, right. I didn't know anything about them personally. So that allowed me to practice on them because I really 
outside of what their horse's name was and you know what type of of an accomplished equestrian they were i didn't know anything else and uh one particular evening uh a gentleman came over to the group i i understood at that time that he was new and he was hired on to work at the stable and we'd all walked outside to sit it was a beautiful summer night and we were sitting outside by her outdoor fire pit and she had an overhead fan going and there was a light in the fan and out of nowhere the the light burst the light just burst and no one was around it at the time no one was hurt it was just now i know it was spirit getting her attention but it was really strong. And at the time I thought, okay, this is really unusual. And then someone made a joke. Oh, spirit must be here. You know, Anne's here. Spirit must be here. And uh, this particular man, Mike is his name. He said, oh, let me fix it. You know, and he quickly fixed it, got the, got the fan turned off and everyone was comfortable again, but I was immediately drawn to his energy. And you know, everyone started to settle and get comfortable. And then the questions start to come. Well, oh, well, then tell me about your mediumship and how does this work? And, you know, is there anyone here? And uh, sure enough, I was very drawn to Mike. And immediately I knew that he had a very close friend in spirit. I knew that this friend had died by gunshot to the head. I knew that it was a drug deal gone bad. I just knew these things. And I thought, well, this, I don't know this man, right? He's never been here before. He's brand new to this group of friends. But he said, absolutely, I'd love to hear what you know. And for the next hour or so, I just started talking, sharing with him what I was getting. And he was in tears. Everyone was in tears. It was so powerful and so emotional down to, I remember saying to him, I'm being shown an image of a small, like a lamb a lamb in a field, a beautiful lamb. And he started to cry and said, that's my nickname, Lammy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I said, you can't make this stuff up. I'm looking at a a big, strong man and his nickname was Lammy. I, you know, I could have never expected that. And detail after detail followed and he was just so touched by it. And I went home that night and I said to my husband, this is real. I don't know how it's real, but this is real. And I better pay attention. And the next morning I went for my lesson at the stable and he was there and he came up to me with tears in his eyes. And he said, can I talk to you for a minute? And we went in the office and he told me, it's going to be hard not to be emotional about this, but he essentially told me, Irene, that he had come to that group last night, but that he fully intended to take his own life shortly after. Yeah. And because his friend knew this in spirit, broke the light, got our attention, made sure I gave him these messages and he's doing great today. He's doing phenomenal. That is fantastic. Life changing. And and I'm sure you've saved many lives by hearing these similar stories that was that was really a very impactful for me that's amazing I have I mean like I have been told that uh 21 people have decided not to commit suicide from listening to this podcast which is I am so humbled by it and so grateful yes to be able to yes. bring all of you so that people really get um yeah. 
a true the tr the truth about that their lives and this is school and 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 you're here to learn lessons and about going on and all of that. I'm just so grateful. Do you have another story or should we um, move on? Because I want to talk to you about your, this to me is so incredible. You say that you help clients create important transformational change in their lives with the highest standards and ethics. And I got so excited when I heard this because truly people don't trust this world because like in every world, there are people who are charlatans. There are people who are phony. There are people who are fake. So I was like, let's talk about that. What do you consider the highest standards and ethics, which informs what you do as opposed to, and we won't name names, but as opposed to what other people do that are not according to they're more ego driven, let's put it that way, or um, money driven or whatever, you know, so let's talk about that. What does it mean to have the highest standards and ethics in this business? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. Because to me, it's, it's, it's incredibly important. There's already so much we're already putting ourselves in such a vulnerable position doing this work. Let me just start with that. I, I wish that everyone would understand that, that as a medium, every time we speak, every time we do a session with a client, every time we teach, we open ourselves up to spirit. We open ourselves up for scrutiny. Really, we do. And, and everyone that I know that does this work understands that. And it, it's, it's not the same in every profession. Right. You wouldn't, right. I would have never been questioned about my abilities to, um, you know, represent digital media services for, you know, uh, fortune 100 brands. No one would ever question that in my previous career. Um, but because this is something that I think is really misunderstood oftentimes, or are, uh, people are scared of it for whatever variety of reasons, all of the reasons um, that there is uncertainty around it and there is, you know, scrutiny are, are valid. Everyone has their own personal reasons. So I, I believe that coming at this work with authenticity and integrity um, is utmost important. And how I do that is I make sure that Every time I'm giving a reading to someone, I know that I'm linking with the spirit world. If I'm not, if I don't feel that shift, if I don't feel the spirit world presence, I tell my clients and I will be wrong. I say I, in most instances. No, you don't make up a story to keep it going. You'll just say, I'm not feeling it. Well, first of all, I don't know how you could make it up. I mean, that's I'm, I come at it from that angle, which is. Um, you know, a skeptic might say, well, you could make up any story. Certainly everyone has a grandmother or a grandfather in spirit, you know, if, especially if you're on Zoom and you can see someone's above a certain age, that they probably have a grandmother or grandfather in spirit. Okay, I'll give you that. Absolutely. But what you can't make up is their relationship, that energetic footprint that that spirit has and is bringing into the session. I say to my clients, I want you to feel your loved ones. Just having someone speak at you for 30 minutes or 60 minutes about, you know, who might be coming in. Is that, is that the kind of experience you want to have? It isn't for me. So those that 
choose me as their medium. They want, they should come knowing that I want to feel like we're sitting down having a conversation with a good friend or a loved one. I want it to feel organic that way. And my spirit team knows that. So they try to bring in that sort of energy. I am not one of those mediums, even though I've been trained to some extent this way, especially in England, uh, through, um, you know, the tutors there and whatnot, because of the various guidelines and, and, and rules that they have in different countries, where literally, if you do not make a link, a connection, I think within 10 minutes in the UK, you must refund that client's money. Wow. So it's a very, it's more structured there. Um, so I have been taught with, with that type of integrity. So if you well. don't make a connection within 10 minutes when you're doing a reading, you'll refund that person's money. Absolutely. There are times where I've done an entire hour, but I don't feel that it was up to my standards. And when, if I ask them and they say, I didn't really feel that, I'll say, then, you know what, I, I don't feel I'm making a connection with you. It never gets to be the full hour, of course, you know, within a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. But there have been, and I can count them on one hand, the time over the years where I've not been able to make a link with the spirit world for that particular individual. And it can be for any variety of reasons. It can be because that person is in such heavy grief. Right. They are blocking the flow of energy. It can be because for whatever reason, the spirit world isn't, the timing isn't right for the spirit right. world to come through. Right. So I always say, I dial the dead. I open up and allow who is meant to come through, to come through, to come forward. And, and that's how I work. Now that doesn't mean occasionally, especially if we're, you know, maybe doing a gallery or something has to happen quickly and we're trying to get to a lot of people, I might say, you know, who is it you're wanting to connect with and go that route. But if I don't feel the connection, I don't feel the connection. And I'm always honest about that. That's really terrific. Do they often, do they sometimes come back to you and you, the connection oh yeah, forward absolutely. Absolutely. They you that you're real and then they'll take another chance with you again, see if for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. And better. And the times that it's happened, you know, usually they'll say to me, you're not the first medium who's told me that. Wow. Right? It's happened before. Or they'll come back and they'll say, you know, when I had that, had that appointment scheduled with you the past time, I was so sick. And so literally their vibration was in a very dense place because maybe they had a bad sinus infection or they had a stomach flu or something like that, but they didn't want to cancel the session because they were so excited, but spirit knows and wasn't, you know, wouldn't allow it at that time. I also say spirit chooses their mediums. So if something feels a bit too forced or someone's maybe given you a gift with a specific medium, Maybe that's not necessarily because you didn't choose that medium. Maybe that's not necessarily the right energetic, um, you know, partnership at that time. It does happen. And frankly, Irene, I, I wish more mediums would talk about the misses, would talk about the times when it doesn't just flow because we all have them. And by putting that out, in itself yeah, is so honest of you, just to, to say, we all have them. We all have them. We are human. For me to sit here and say, oh, every reading I do is 100% accurate and it's just so meaningful and wonderful. And what? That's my ego talking. I don't control it. I can have, and you, and I, 
both have had these experiences where blow us away. The amount of evidence, the feeling we get from spirit is so incredible. And the next day it's just kind of, oh, hum, it's okay. We had the connection. We got the validations and evidence we wanted, but I didn't feel it a certain way. And so, uh, it, I'm just going to chalk that up to it's because we're human and it's because there are so many other factors that have to come into alignment for a reading to truly come from a place of perfect harmony. That's the word the spirit world uses with me. Unless there's that perfect harmonic blend, we will have misses. You know, we just will. And so I ask people to be open to that. You know, I, I, I think, so you know, hard. when That's I was so testing for helping parents heal, for example, I'm a, I'm a medium with that organization and, and some others, they do a really wonderful, beautiful testing protocol for their mediums. And um, I, I think at the time they said, you know, it's on average, a medium that's 80% accurate is an excellent reading. So I just want people to think about that. You know, I would say it's 60 to 80%. Um, we all strive for hundred percent, but that's again, our ego talking. Right, right. So when people work with me, um, I like them to share their energy. My, if, if you come to me and you've got your arms crossed and you're just, you know, ready yeah, to test me. Yeah, yeah. you send them on their way. Yeah, skeptics are fine. I have no problem with skeptics, but engage engage if you're talking to your loved one right if, if you're here to to connect with your son or daughter in spirit are you just going to sit in the corner and not have a conversation back with them oh my goodness you wouldn't do that in person that's extremely rude you know so why would you do it with them in the spirit world and sometimes spirit doesn't have any patience for it i'll tell you they'll say we'll come back another time because i say to my clients you can talk with me. We can have a dialogue. You don't need to give me any information that I should be giving you as evidence, but there are a number of things we can talk about, including the weather to just get the energy flowing. Right. right. And so I say to people, I'm not one of those mediums that wants to just hear yes, no, or I don't know because I'll tell well, that's you. That's cool by itself. Because right. I've been in sessions where people say, don't give me any information other than yes, no, or I don't know when I say something. So tell us about the difference with that. Yeah. So the difference for me is if I'm giving you a beautiful message from your, from your husband, for example, and, and he's very aware of what you're doing in your life and he wants to talk about an upcoming anniversary and he wants to talk about this, that, or the other it's beautiful evidence coming from me through him, uh, right from him. Um, and all I'm at allowing you to say is yes, or I don't know, or no. How enjoyable is that for you as the sitter? I don't think it's very enjoyable. So I understand that we need to have a level of realism in, in the readings. We have to deliver authentic messages. I believe we can still do that by engaging in conversation as well. I would love to, right. I would, I would, I mean, it's more, you're paying for the session, even if you're not paying, even if it's a free session for any, for, you know, in a group, for example, I would walk away from that knowing that I really wanted to express my gratitude to my spirit friends 
But all I was allowed to do was say yes, no, or I don't know. So if that's just not my style. So um, if that's what people are looking for, then I'm not the medium for them. And I'm okay with that. It's okay. And, and what I am, I, I, I am right for those people who want to feel the presence of their loved ones. And um, I just had an amazing reading last week where um, a wife came through right away. It was a man that came up on the Zoom and I was so flooded with emotion from this woman in spirit. I thought I was going to faint. And I literally had to say to him, I need a moment because I have a woman here who is giving you so much love. It's almost mm-hmm. too much. And I said, this has to be your wife. And he said, yes, my wife's in spirit. So I knew without a doubt who I had right away because the energy was so strong. And there were a few things that I said that I wasn't sure how they fit for him, but I still was the one providing the evidence and the way spirit gave it to me was so unique. For example, I kept hearing law, law. And I thought, oh, she was a lawyer or he is a lawyer. They're talking about law. The husband said, she was in law enforcement. So do you see how I still gave Instead the evidence? Of saying yes, no, or maybe he was able to give you a little more mm-hmm. detail so you could even get better information because now you knew where it was coming from. That's just That's it. Really That's cool. just it. That's really cool. I was able to, and I was able to get better information because the spirit world heard his response. The spirit world heard and felt his vibration of correcting that. So the spirit world knew when they were giving it to me clear audiently law, I kept hearing law. He validated that it was law enforcement. Spirit world went, yes, this is working. I'm so excited. His wife got even more excited. It raised the vibration. The rest of the hour was incredible. And so, um, but you know, I think he came prepared to say yes, no, or I don't know, but had a better experience. Of course he did. He had a great time. So now hearing all of this and everyone wants to get a hold of you, could you tell them all the ways to get a hold of you? And I know you're also starting to do some in-person events and sessions in Phoenix. So would you like to share some information that's going to be starting in February, right? Absolutely. I'm going to have a studio space uh, that's opening up in February. So I'm going to be offering group meditations, group readings, classes, one-on-one in-person sessions, which I think so many people are eager to do that one-on-one again. May COVID go away. Make it go away. Yes. (laughs) And um, so uh, that will be, uh, once that's all finalized, that will be available on my website, annvanorsdell.com is my website. Let's spell everything out, Ann. It's A-N-N-V-A-N-O-R-S-D-E-L. Correct. Okay. Thank you for that. And then I'm also on Facebook under Medium Ann Van Orsdell. And I'm on Instagram with the same Medium Ann Van Orsdell, all one word. And I also have a private group on Facebook called Serving Spirit, Exploring Mediumship. And there are about a thousand members in the group, just over a thousand now. And we talk about all things mediumistic. We talk about... Um, signs and symbols. We do uh, free readings. I try to go on at least once a week and I will allow spirit to bring through whoever is in the group and and wants to talk. So I'm giving of my time both on Instagram and Facebook. I'll do uh, free sessions like that and I'll just do them whenever spirit 
calls me to do so. Um, so yeah, so serving spirits, another way that, that, uh, that folks can, can engage and, and follow along because I believe that we are all students of spirit until the day we cross over. And I invest a lot of time and energy and finances in studying. I study abroad every year, sometimes more than once a year, because I believe that there's so much to learn from others. And, um, you know, it's just a big part of, of my interest and my furthering. furthering you're not a know-it-all, are you? You're not a know-it-all. You're, 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 oh, uh, you're <laughs> not even close. Right. You're constantly learning, which is wonderful. And I think it's important for people to understand that in this work, spirit is teaching us. Spirit will give me something. It's a little bit like charades, right? It's they're having to use our frame of reference for everything. Um, it used to be that sometimes I would hear the I would hear Florida or I would see the state of Florida in my mind's eye. Uh, now, sometimes they'll give me an alligator and I just know I have to talk about Florida. So they change things up in how they can give it to us. And a good reading just flows with that information. And people say, well, how can you be talking to my loved one when they're not even giving you enough time to actually hear the words and then repeat it back? And my response to that is a great mediumship reading and link with the spirit world. Spirit is using all of our clairs at once. Our clairvoyance, our clairaudience, our clairsentience, sometimes our clairgustance, which is clear tasting. Uh, I get that a lot. Um, it's all coming into my awareness at the same time. So I'm able to just kind of give the messages as if I am that person speaking them, knowing it, knowing the information. So that's how they do it. They really tap into every aspect of our awareness to get their fantastic. message across. That's fantastic. And what is your message about the importance of healing and rebirth since you had your own mm. rebirth that you would like to share with all of us? Oh, thanks, Irene. I think for me, you know, uh, I've had a couple different rebirths, but I would say that the one message that keeps coming through for me that I want to share with others is to live a life of gratitude. I start every day with a gratitude prayer. I end every day with a gratitude prayer and it can be something just as simple as saying, thank you for allowing me to be, to be present, to be with my family, to accept where I may be wrong, to accept my shortcomings. Um, we have to accept the good with the bad. And to me, it's all about gratitude. So that, that's a big part of how I live my life now. I didn't always, but I certainly do now. Would you say gratitude is your, uh, the way you find joy in life? Absolutely. Or is, there something, is, that, is that the way it works for you? It does work for me that way. But I'll tell you one thing that spirits really impressioned on me lately, especially after my dad passed. And maybe this will help your listeners and viewers. I find joy now in my relationship with my father and those friends. I've had some friends pass as well in the last few years. I find joy in knowing that I'm embarking on a new journey where they are in spirit and I am in the physical. And every morning I wake up and say, okay, dad, what are we going to do today? What's new out there? What am I going to discover? What is it you're going to show me and have me experience? And I say that not just to my father, but to my entire spirit team. And I think that 
if we can all look at this as opportunity to have a new, fresh, beautiful, wonderful relationship with the soul of those that we love, instead of what, what they might have been in the physical. Um, to me, I look at that as new opportunity, fresh start. Because they expand once they get to the other side. They they come in with their they they cross over with their um, what they've learned while in the physical body, but then their viewpoint expands. Not that they become yeah. gurus or anything, but they have a different um, take on things. I guess. Yeah. So take on well, things. they're able to see some of those shortcomings now. They're able to see it without that egoic self present, right? And my father recently gave a message through my tutor. We were having a one-on-one Zoom call to focus on my trans work. And she said, um, who's Larry? And I said, well, Larry's my dad. And she said, he's here. And he gave a bunch of messages that were very personal to me. And I was so touched by them because he wasn't not a great communicator in life. He had four daughters. Like we always joke and say, which one of us was the son he always wanted, but he wasn't always able to really, he didn't say, I love you all the time. He wasn't always warm and fuzzy, but we knew we were loved. We had a a great childhood. I had a great upbringing and, and support by my parents. And, but there were certain things that he was able to say to her that were very subtle, that I absolutely knew that was him. And I was so happy that he was able to see how now we could have a very different relationship, soul to soul connection, because he was out of his physical body. He couldn't do it while he was here. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. It's a beautiful thing, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. And the perfect way to segue into my thanking you for sharing your own, re- first of all, you shared your own remarkable and uplifting story of transformation and rebirth with us today, which I'm so grateful for. Thank you. And I love as an evidential medium, healer, and educator, you are an educator. You continue to help your clients create transformational change in their lives. And you do so with the highest standards and integrity in every way. That is vitally important because truth and trust is so important. And I thank you for bringing your admirable integrity, your wise guidance, and your needed peace of mind to so many. Thank you from my heart, Anne, for this wonderful, really meaningful interview. Thank you. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. My pleasure. And here's a reminder, everyone, that you can see the show notes and all grief and rebirth podcast episodes on IreneWeinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us on social at at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and especially on YouTube. Like, subscribe, and hit notify to make sure that you will get the inspiring new interviews just like this one coming your way again and again. It's just so wonderful. Thank you so much. And if you'd like to be part of this special Grief and Rebirth podcast rebirth series, please send me an email to hello at ireneweinberg.com. As I like to say, to be continued, many blessings, and bye for now. Mm -hmm.